0: Welcome to my podcast. I'm the Laughing Philosopher. Life is complicated. You are complicated. Everything seems to have been figured out except how to live a happy life guided by wisdom and reason. What does it mean to be a good person? What is love? Who am I before I was told who I am? Why haven't I found myself yet? Why do I have regrets? Is this a just world? Almost from the moment of birth, we've been told how to behave, how to fit in and how to fulfill other people's expectations. We grow to fear that we will lack importance or cease to exist in the lives of others. If we think for ourselves, and question the rules and roles that we've been told define us. Only when wisdom and reason removes this illusion can we live authentically in the world around us and become our real selves. Episode nine, why do we believe in the absurd? Why do we believe even though we know Our beliefs are silly and absurd. Jesus is coming. He's coming for the second time, and hell is coming with him. Every atheist will be punished by Jesus for not believing in him. Every Buddhist, every Muslim, every Hindu, every Jew. Throughout human history, People have believed in about 10,000 different major religions and worshipped about 1,000 different gods. But everyone that ever believed in 9,999 of these religions and everyone that ever worshipped 999 of these gods will be judged by Jesus and condemned to an eternity of conscious torment in fire. This will be the second coming of Jesus. The first time Jesus came, we tortured and killed him for his beliefs and opinions. So the second time Jesus comes, he's planning to torture and kill most of us for our beliefs and opinions. That's what most Christians are told to believe. And that's absurd. Did you choose your beliefs? If you are like most people, then you believe you did. Almost from the moment of birth, you've been told that you possess free will. You've been told that your religious beliefs are a matter of choice. But if you were born in the United States, then there is a high probability that you are a Christian. If you were born in South Asia, then you probably are Hindu. If you were born in Israel, then you probably are Jewish. If you were born in Indonesia, then you probably are Muslim. If you were born in East Asia, then you probably are Buddhist. If you were born my son, then you probably are open-minded. Religious beliefs seem to be largely a matter of luck or culture or geography rather than freedom of choice. So what about other types of beliefs? Well, if your beliefs are freely chosen, then I want you to try something. Try as hard as you can to believe that Australia does not exist. You did it, right? You now believe Australia does not exist, right? Well, try to believe that Santa Claus really does exist. Try believing that two wrongs do make a right. Try believing that you can lead a horse to water and make it drink. Try to believe that two plus two equals five. Did you succeed? No? Do you still believe that your beliefs are a matter of choice? Of course you do. You have no choice. And that's absurd. So, Jesus is coming to punish billions of us for our beliefs. Beliefs that we did not choose. Beliefs that we are not responsible for holding. Beliefs that we cannot stop believing any more than a triangle can choose to stop having three sides. And if we didn't choose our beliefs, then it's just absurd to punish us for having the wrong ones. Imagine yourself buying a Coke from a Coke machine. You drop your money in the machine, and then you press a button to dispense a bottle of Coke. No Coke. You press the button again. No Coke. You press again and again and again, but no Coke. Why? The machine has a broken spring. That's why the Coke machine is not dispensing the bottle of Coke you paid for. The broken spring is causing the Coke machine, compelling the Coke machine to steal your money. Imagine yourself using a time traveling machine and you travel backward in time, not one trip, but one billion trips back in time. And on each trip, you drop your money in the same Coke machine, again and again for the first time. What chance is there of the machine successfully dispensing a bottle of Coke? Zero, no chance. There is not even one chance in a billion that the machine ever will dispense a bottle of Coke, not once. And that's simply because on each trip, you dropped your money in the same Coke machine with the same broken spring. So you become angry and frustrated. You begin to kick and to beat the Coke machine. But do you punish the Coke machine? No. Punishment requires personal responsibility for one's actions. And personal responsibility requires freedom to choose. The Coke machine is not free and therefore not responsible for its actions. The machine did not choose to fail. The broken spring compelled the machine to fail. So you may kick the machine, you may beat the machine, but you do not punish the machine. So Jesus is coming. He's coming to punish billions of coke machines for having a broken spring, and that's absurd. Socrates didn't condemn people who rejected or ridiculed his teachings. Neither did the Buddha. Jesus didn't punish people who refused to listen to him. But when Jesus returns, even lambs have teeth. Why do we believe something rather than nothing? Human beings have a profound desire to know. And people desire to know because they fear the doubt and the uncertainty of not knowing. Do you fear death? Imagine yourself at this moment not being in Paris. Imagine yourself at this moment not being in Australia. Imagine yourself at this moment not being on Mars. Imagine yourself at this moment not being anywhere in the universe. You don't fear death. You fear not knowing. You fear uncertainty. Fear of not knowing is the foundation of religion. Fear of the mysterious, fear of defeat, fear of sin. And so you're told almost from the moment of birth that you can't just believe in nothing, you must believe in something. You're told that any answer is better than no answer. Any certainty is better than uncertainty. But there is a problem. No one knows any more than you do. What is the meaning of life? Meaning is a matter of language, not fact. Real things have color. Real things have weight. Real things have shape. These are facts, but things do not have meaning. To search for a meaning to life is to be bewitched by language. You can, however, give meaning to life by what you do with it. See life as it is conquer life with reason and compassion make of it the best you can life is not a problem to be solved but for some people that's not an answer does God exist many people claim to know the answer with absolute certainty and it makes you feel better to belong with them and to be a member of of their club. Their unshakable certainty makes you forget your unshakable uncertainty. The church is a club. It has a club leader. It has a clubhouse. It has special uniforms and costumes. It has special chants and rituals. It has special rules and procedures. It has everything to make you feel more certain and less afraid, less confused and less uncertain. And no matter how crazy its answers are, no matter how impossible, ridiculous and offensive they may be, you believe the club. You believe because any myth, any superstition, any fairy tale, no matter how absurd, is better than not knowing. Why does the club promise all good things, happiness, justice, wisdom, but it never delivers anything at the actual point of contact between you and the real life world? The club never keeps any of its promises in the present. The good things are always in the future. In the present, the only true reality, we get nothing. And it is always now. Nietzsche said, we would rather have the void for our purpose than to be void of purpose. Not knowing makes made up nonsense feel more likely to be true. But just because you hit yourself on the head with the Bible and you hear a hollow sound, does not necessarily mean that your head is empty. The Bible was written by God, we're told. Why then, is there nothing in the Bible, not one word, not one sentence, that could not have been written by men, ancient men? To most Christians, As I believe, Christ believes. If you hate homosexuals, then Jesus hates homosexuals too. If you hate abortion, then Jesus hates abortion too. If you love guns, then surprise, Jesus loves guns too. The indisputable fact is that Jesus never spoke a word about guns or homosexuals or abortion. So let's face it the real Jesus, the historical Jesus, is irrelevant to most Christians. Like life itself, God is what you make of him. Is Trump a God? Well, the wise and the humble and the compassionate have their God. So why shouldn't the ignorant, the vain and the cruel have their God also? We are mad said Montaigne. We cannot make a worm, yet we make gods by the dozens. I believe that God may exist, but the idea of God you and I have in our head, the idea put there by society, almost from birth, is absurd. It is a picture of a married bachelor. It is a picture of a triangle with four sides. That idea of God is a logically incoherent mess. Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Corey, The Laughing Philosopher. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I've devoted my professional life to the intersection of sociology and philosophy, where the contemporary problems of life meet the ideas and convictions of the greatest human minds. Join me by subscribing to The Laughing Philosopher as we use reason and wisdom to explore big answers to the most important of all big questions, how to live.